0: Okay. I want to uh, have a very, very dear friend uh, from Los Angeles. his Dr. David um, He uh, His daughter and his son of Bogstein came here quite a long time ago. I can't remember the exact year. Uh, he got this terrible muscular disease and he passed away on this night a year ago. Uh, very, very good man. Um, very good man. Uh, religious man, I met him here in the in the in Manila just um, a, few, a few months before he passed away. He was in a wheelchair and he could hardly move, and he was so positive and, and so just wanted to learn toll actually, and uh, and he died on this night a year ago. And uh, part of our dedication is is. It, it, it was dedicated by his North uh, Britannian uh, <coughs> Shifra Larry Schaefer and uh, Chaim David Aron Ben Yosef Halevi, really beloved really, uh, we went to Poland together we had some incredible times together, a very very special man and um, and so we were dedicating Shif Ali to him and also a Torah for tomorrow morning is for Dana Ben Binyamin and for the Refua Shalema and Hachlamah Mehi Ra'ev Chaim ben Yehudit. So while, while we're giving up the tapin, I want to explain to you what I want to do. We often speak about, and uh, I think uh, it comes up in a lot of Parsha shiurim, the man before he ate from the tree, and man after he ate from the tree. It's it's a very interesting Sukhya, because Rashi seems to imply that he didn't have a Yedze before he ate from the tree, and he did afterwards. But of course, he ate from the tree. He made a choice. So he, he must have had choice. But I've rarely heard anyone speak about man before the flood and man after the flood. So that's what I want to speak about today. Man before the flood and man after the flood. We do have a series of Exiles that occur in 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 Torah, the first exile is Adam and Chava being thrown out of Gan Eden. The next exile is Cain after he kills Abel is told to wander, and uh, and then we have this this horrific story of the flood. And uh, once again, the world is you know there there are there's no end to questions that arise here, but the world is. Um, is redefined again. We're going to another, another definition of the world. And there's one particular thing that redefines the world here, only one. And that's what we can eat. And when, when man was created, man was created vegetarian and was not allowed to eat meat. Adam Rishon was not allowed to eat meat. And after the flood, man is allowed to eat meat. That is the distinct and clear differential between before the flood and after the flood. And the question is, what does it mean? Or what is the significance of the fact that man can now eat meat? How, how does that change the definition of man? What, what, this is a new world, right? It's, it's a new world which is signified by a 40-day flood. 40 days is very significant, right? Because it's the, it's, it's the, the time of conception of, of an embryo. And uh, a new world. It's a new world. When Noah comes out of the Teva, it's like Adam coming out into the world. It's much a new world. We're, with new people. And they're B'nai Noach. We're, we're not, we're, we're called B'nai Adam, but, but we're really B'nai Noach, Right, we're all B'nai Noah. So I, I want to look at, at, at three comments here. The first is by Rav Professor Jonathan Grossman so join me here it's just a very interesting theme man before the flood and man after the flood what is what is the difference and I've edited it a bit to make it a bit a bit easier this was the the biggest catastrophe that happened at the beginning of man probably not the biggest world catastrophe because uh, don't know how many people we're talking about right but we're, we're we're not talking about fifty million, like the Second World War. It's far less than that. There have been catastrophes that are far greater, but, but this was the destruction of mankind. How many of mankind that is, I, I don't know, but, but not fifty million. Um the world was destroyed in the flood. And on the top of this flood Emerges the Noah's Ark. There is their representation of the animal kingdom. The world can start again, right? Because God is not going to create the world again. There are remnants of every species, and, and the world will develop from those animals that survived the flood. We want to come and, and discuss the difference between the two worlds. The world before the flood. The world after the flood. We find really only one differential. Really, honestly, in, in the psukim, there's only one thing. When Noah comes out of the teva. We are allowed to eat animals. We are allowed. That wasn't the case with Adam Arishon. Adam Arishon was a vegetarian and was forbidden to eat meat. But Adam Arishon was a it says in P'rek Ha'af Elokim, hinei natati lachem et kol eiseb, I've given you every piece of grass, ve'et kol eitz ashebo pre-eitz zera, zera lachem yiel You can eat any weed you want, any vegetation you want. aval utal noach lecho ba lechaim. But noach is allowed to, to eat, to eat animals. Korobes ashebo, chay lachem yiel okla, natati Like the weeds, like the grass, you can eat Animals. There are two qualifications to the uh, permission to eat animals. Number one, You can't eat, uh, you can't take a, a limb of an animal while it's still alive. You, you can't do that, right? You can't like cut a, a limb of a, of a cow and eat it before the cow is dead or the issue of, of, of eating or drinking blood. And number two, that you're not allowed to kill. There is a distinction here, you can kill animals, but you can't kill human beings. That, that distinction has to be made. Nothing is a given at the beginning of, the, beginning of the world. Um, we know right? that, that Rashi says that, about like Cain and Abel. Cain, Cain hit Abel in so many places because he didn't know where to hit him in order to kill him. He didn't know how to kill a person. And uh, I gave a shiur on this last, last year, HaShomer Achi I don't know whether you remember that shiur? My responsibility to another person, right? Corona, my responsibility to another person. It's like a rhetorical question. HaShomer achian? am I meant to look after my brother? I never, told, I never knew I was meant to look after my brother. And God says, of course you are. So when allowing people to eat meat, it has to be made very clear. That doesn't mean you can eat people. Uh, you can eat meat, not eat. Meat. So there are two qualifications here. Uh, you can't eat live limbs or blood, and number two, you can't eat human beings. The qualification has to be made. Why are you allowed to eat animals? Well, what's happened? What's happened since the flood that now allows us to eat animals? This is something that wasn't allowed in 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 the previous world. If God thinks that we should be vegetarian, God thinks that that's the ideal world, that we should be vegetarian, therefore he only gave man vegetation to eat. So why is man now allowed to eat animals? What's changed? Like, Why, why is it now permitted? We haven't... Become better people. We, we were worse people. That's why the flood happened. And if God doesn't feel that vegetarianism is a necessity, then why was it forbidden in the first place? Like what's meant to be? If it's meant to be vegetarian, why are we vegetarian If it wasn't meant to be vegetarian, then why were we in the first place? So we're going to have to understand this because this is the only differential that we have as being a, a qualitative difference between before the Flood and after the Flood. This is our, our, our starting point. So the question is asked, Did the old world disappoint God? Did the old world disappoint God? That's why he destroyed it. So why did he create it again? Why make the same mistake? Why recreate the world? How do you know it's not going to happen again? Right? It happened once. How do we know that we're not going to reach the same depths of, of, of promiscuity, of violence, of corruption? So, you have to assume that something changed. Every definition's changed. Everything changed in, in this new world. As if to say that God was coerced to make this change. Because of the failure of the first creation. The first creation, the first ideal failed. And therefore the world is redefined just as man is redefined after he fails having eaten from the tree. So we have to take this this permissiveness to eat animals as a window, through which we can understand the difference, the qualitative difference in this new world after the flood. The permissiveness to eat meat is a result. We have to understand what triggers this result, what, what has changed the world that is affected by this result. Okay, over the page. In order to do this, we need to compare the first creation with the reality of the world after the flood. So we've got the pesukim here for you. Look. Let's parallel them up. There with me, but you have to look inside to bear with me. The world is created in parashat Aleph. The, the spirit of God is floating above the water. The waters are separated and gathered el to one place betireha yabasha Eight pre, or seven You have a, a, a fruit tree that makes fruit la hadil bein ha'yom bein And there's a differential between the day and the night. The Elohim to Adam God created man in His image. Betzelat Elohim baraoto. He created man in His image. Zachav and the bara otam. Man and woman, he created them. And then he created all the animals after, although well, he created them before, right? Now look at what the passage says with the maple. Bear with me. On the tenth month, the first things dried up the top of the mountains emerged. Okay, the water goes down, the top of the mountains emerged. And the yonah, the dove, comes back, this is the third time, comes back to the uh, teba. the pia, is got a piece of uh, olive branch in its mouth. Now, God says to them, this is like God putting man onto the earth, now He's telling Noah to leave the ark. So what does God say to Noah? get out of the ark. Man has been made in the image of God. <laughs> but tzura, bura, look carefully. When the the Pasuk is describing the new world after the flood, when compared to the first creation, the parallel is between the brachot that Adam heard from God and the brachot that Noah heard from God. Adam Arishon lachabri atova Noach lachas he tov min atava min atava Adam got his bracha when he was created. Noach got his bracha when he came out of the ark. Hashva'azoh hashura biyoter. This is a very important parallel in Yaneinu. Meipnei sheheter achilah balei chayim o yigudat zomech bevad achilah because either the permission to eat meat or the restriction to only eat vegetables, <laughs> this is part of the brachot. Now look at them again. The brachata adam, the yivarech otam elokim, God blesses them, adam elchava, and, and he says, peru revu milueta et be fruitable, be... Fru- be... Fru- and multiply, and fill the land, the katshuah, and conquer the land, and Radu is the word used here. We're going to see what that word Redu means. Radu over, over the animals and the fish. And then he says you can eat vegetables. But he talks about Redu is the word. Now when he speaks to Noah, he doesn't say that. says, Be frutable. It's not that right word. Fruitful, thank you. And then here fruitful. Fruitful and multiply. So fill the land. Listen to the changing word. In in Bereshia it says veradu. Here it doesn't say veradu. it says chayat The the whole animal kingdom will live in fear of you. Trepidation. And then you can eat what you want, just like you eat vegetables. Okay? But notice the difference. Adam is told, rudu, Noach is told, they will be in absolute fear of you. Okay? It's very important. The, the, the language used with the brachah to Noach. It's very similar to the brachad that was made to Adam Rishon. Almost word for word. But we're interested in the difference between not what they have in common, what they don't have in common. So, so we're going to what I just told you. Rashi Rabban, the Midrash says Rediyah, Lirdot, which we're going to define in a second. I haven't translated it on purpose. That was in the first Bracha to Adam, but it's not given to Noah. Noah is not told Veradu. What is Veradu? The Midrash, Omedal Hashara Shema Bracha Shema Adam. Adam is told Uredu, Bidgatayamu of Hashamaim, of the Chokha'ar of al Ares, Leze, Shemaiman Noach, but Noach isn't told Uredu, he is told. They, they will be, the fear of heaven, animals are going to be so scared of us. We're not talking about the cats in the world. There's an exception to every rule. They're not scared of anyone. <laughs> the fear that is said to Noah, has changed the word redo that was said to Adam. It might not seem significant or even interesting to you, but it is significant and it is interesting. What is the difference between these two languages? Redu and Morachem V'chitachem. Rediyah, what does rediyah mean? Rediyah means control, shlita, l'shtalit. Sometimes... A ruler will have control and, and his civilians, the people under his ruling, will be subservient to him. But, but the meaning of Lirdot is to rule over. Uh, and the person who rules over doesn't have to be feared. They rule over. They are, they are above. It's a different, different category. Like, it's like what, what Disney called a Lion King. Man was, was king. He king. Not, not in fear of. He was the ruler of Lishlot. You don't eat your citizens. You rule them. You don't eat them. You don't destroy your citizens. You're, you're there to look after your citizens. So you're, you're there to take care of them. You're there to make sure that the world runs in the way it's meant to run, and that everything in the world is subservient to you, but you don't eat them. A prime minister doesn't eat his civilians. He doesn't kill them. He's not meant to. Talking about the Francos and the Hitlers and the Mussolinis of the world, a true leader of a people is there to protect the people, to look after the people, not to kill the people. So, over the page in Cain, when Adam Arishon is given government, leadership, control over the whole world, man is king of the world, but he's king the fish, of the birds, any animal that cruises the earth, this is almost an objective of man. I'm giving you this world to rule over. It's your world. Rule means look after. It means look after. Even though I know it's true, and I know that that's... A fault that I have. My, my job isn't to intimidate students. My job is to look after you. I'm just just look after you, not eat you. Metaphorically speaking. My job is to look after you. I, I, I'm not through fear. Not through fear. It's an objective. God I created this world for you. They are your Servants! They're there to serve you. They're there to serve you. So, how is man, I gave a show on this last year as so well, how is man an image of God? And the man is the God of the world. In the same way that I'm God of man, and man is subservient to me, the animals will be subservient to you, and you will be their God. Look at the Pasuk. it says that. Now, man will be made in my image, and how will he be in my image in the same way that I am Moshel, that I rule? Man will rule. This form of leadership is not there. It's not there. And in its place, it's a different type of leadership. Fear, trepidation, pachat ve'ayma. Ha'adam she'acharei ha'mabu, man after the flood, eno ha'olam. He doesn't, he doesn't rule over the creations of the world. Gamin tababu ha'konsh parach v'tvuna Even if man is clever, kar she, she'kol ha'chayot me'fachtom im'n sototam to the degree that all the animal kingdom is afraid of man's traps and man's hunting because man is more intelligent even the most idiotic man is more intelligent than an animal in the same way that a deer is is, is scared of, of what is above it in the food chain man's position in the world after the flood is sad he's a super animal He's the strongest in the food chain. He's not regal. He's not living on top of the world. He is the most powerful being in the world. And therefore, he can eat animals because he is just a, a better animal. He's the top of the food chain. You understand this, you understand why, why animals died in the flood, like the Nebuchadnezzar says, right? because. If animals are the servants of man, if there's no man, then you don't need animals. There's no need for animals. If the whole purpose of animals is to serve man, man man's no longer going to be in that position, you don't need the animal kingdom. You need enough animals to keep the world going afterwards. In the same way, man has kingdom nowadays, in the same way that the snake puts the fear of heaven into a mouse because of their power and intellectual capabilities, they can kill the the, the level below, right? There's a food chain. They, They can kill the level below because they are quicker, cleverer. So in the same way, everyone's going to be scared of man because man has the ability to trap and kill. Man is just a cleverer animal. Because he's so clever, he can do it. He's a different man, right? The man, the man before. I, I admit, I, I saw part of this film, right? That he's like walking through the animal kingdom with 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 regality and kabod, and everyone lowers their head because he is the king, and he'll look after them. But that's not man after the flood. They're hiding from that. Yeah. So, I'll, 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 I think I'll come to it, okay? You'll understand why, before the flood, man is allowed to eat animals because he went to look after them. That's his job, right? his servants, his, his, his civilians. But when God says to Noah. Or, don't pachad hachayot me'adam mam'shicham a'shetet achilab aray hachayim. Because the relationship is And he's on top of the food chain, so of course he can eat them. Of course he can eat them. We're not about doing this with Bnei right? So it's not casual, we're not going to Calvary yet. Tavkid hamelechun lidog l'sedeh achilratim amam l'aftodeh. The job of a king is to look after the social reality in his kingdom. L'asot tzedeku is bad for the dog To look after his civilians, his servants. As long as man is being defined as that position, it's clear he can't eat his civilians. On the contrary, he's meant to, to create an environment of harmony in which the world can live. As soon as man has failed, we have, I and mean, this is this is a Pandora's box, right? We have a, a redefinition of man's role. Time and again, the choice is always there, but, but the the level of what man can and cannot do goes down each time. Adam Arishon to Noach and... and so Adam HaRishon to Cain and Abel and, then, and then to Noah, right? So different levels, different... Man's job is no longer to look after the well-being of the world, as I... There's no longer the harmony in the world. Because that harmony was broken. Because man failed to bring harmony to the world. Because it wasn't just man who became corrupt. The whole animal kingdom became corrupt. The whole anarchy wasn't just in man's society. It was everywhere. After man failed in his role recreates the world. He doesn't give man the same ruling power. It's beyond man's capability to be leader of the world. man's status in the world has changed. He still has great strength. And he's still the mightiest of beings. But the animals don't look to him for protection. They run away from him with fear. He's no longer the king. He's no longer the king. He's a dictator. In in the organic food chain that exists, man is the strongest. I I have to apologize. I I cannot help but but relate to the fact that I was reading this, the only thing that came to my mind was my camp. This This is a recurring theme in Hitler's ethos is survival of the most powerful. To the degree that we have verbatim words that Hitler said before he died, when Berlin was being destroyed and he wouldn't surrender, and when his colonels and generals were telling him, save the German people, Hitler said, this is a fight for the survival of the fittest. If the Russians have overcome us, then they deserve to overcome us, and the German people aren't worthy of salvation. Mamash. Adam acharamam. Man after the flood. It's the most powerful will survive. I, I couldn't get it out of my mind, because is, I mean, I'm reading this, and the person who wrote this, I know, never read my camp. But I know him, and he never read my camp. Uh, and it's just, it's Mamash. Hitler's ethos, Stalin's ethos, the, that the person who survives will be the strongest person, the powerful person and the person and they deserve it. and it's their right because they are the most powerful people. It's their right and no one who suffers under them can complain because they are stronger and therefore it's their right. They are the ruler of the animal kingdom. It's horrific, right? It's a horrific degradation in, in demotion in, in man's status in the world. This, this was as new to me as it, as it may be to you. This was an incredible Kiddush movie. and After I saw it, I saw it in a number of other places. A man is now being redefined, not as the regal leader of the world, but as a, a super animal who rules the world with fear and control and murder. Who, who kills the weaker. That, that's a rule of nature, right? It's, it's a, the survival of the fittest, of the strongest. They will win. They will survive. The minute, man becomes a part of nature, not in charge of nature, a part of nature, but not in sabka shelet ala. He's also allowed to be part of this food chain. This new status of man, This could maybe explain another differential. In the first creation, the animals were created on the sixth day before man. We know that, right? The second creation, after Noah comes out of the Tevah, Noah comes out first, before the animals. Ba'olama is shown in the first creation, radam, when man is the ruler, so all of the civilians are gathered together, ready to receive the king. All of the animals are created on the sixth day, and when everything is ready, the king walks in, and everyone salutes the king, bows down to the king. He just has to make sure keep it keep it good. He's not part of that world? He's above it. He's beyond it. And he's responsible for the world as a representative, as the delegate of God minister in charge of world affairs, that's Adam HaRishon. Man will be like us, he will be beyond, he will be above. But now, compare. When you look at Noach and his family, They're part of the animal world. He hasn't got a rulership role. So they don't arrive in the world after everything is out there, ready to salute him. You go out first because you are the most powerful. Not because you're the most regal, but because you're the most powerful. They come out of of the table with all the They just come first because they're the strongest animal. Says Rabbi, only here that because man's status has been redefined, the world will never be destroyed again because it's not his responsibility anymore. It's God's responsibility. So he will never destroy the world. When it was man's responsibility, man was negligent in their responsibility, and he lost control of the world. But the world will never be destroyed again because it's no longer in man's hands. I remember once, uh, it was a, a very special moment. I, I was in Maidanek with a group of girls from a school, and Maidanek is on the outskirts of Lublin. It's a suburb of, of Lublin, Maidanek. And uh, this what's specifically horrific about this camp is that it? it's, it's right next to buildings. It's right it's in the middle of town. A death camp. And as opposed to Treblinka, Soymor, that were hidden away. And it was snowing. And it was that, that kind of fluffy, slow, beautiful delicate snow. It wasn't blizzard. but the, the wind wasn't blowing. We were in a protected area. And... Obviously, my dad is a camp, right? So, so the, fields, the fields were snow white. My mum was white. And not a footprint, no slush, no dirty snow. It was just white. And, and the flakes were coming down, and the, the sky was snow-coloured clouds. So it was just, everything was white. And we were standing next to a gas chamber. And I remember telling the girls as, as we stood there, They didn't know yet that it was a gas chamber, but just before we walked in, I said, look at what God created. Now let me show you what man does. This is what man does. And then we walked into the gas chamber. The beauty of the world that God has created. And the man of the Mabu, who is just a powerful, evil can be a potentially evil being. Now he is, I'm not going to curse the world because of man. Man is not in charge of the world anymore, I've, I've released him from that responsibility. This is a new stature of, uh, of man in this new world. We're not going to finish on this depressing note. There's more to be said, okay? I turn into a pumpkin at 7 o'clock and you turn into pizzas and different things that you grow with. At the end of this story, there is optimism. There is optimism. When is this going to change? Is man doomed to just be the top of the food chain? So when Noah comes out of the ark, he sets a goal. He understands that we have been demoted, that we've been we've been downgraded. He offers up What does this mean? This, at the end of the story of the mapul. We are referred by implication to VaYikra, between Remembering such a thing didn't exist yet, right? There weren't delayed for Or reach Concepts of, of what would be in the future, where man would be re-elevated, where man would go to Har Sinai and be reinstated. As a human being, not as a super-animal, as a human being, We see at the end of Parashat Noah that even though we're not there now, this is, we have to get back there. We have to get back to the the world before the Ma'am. In the future, the Jews will serve to God. And to a degree, it will be returning to man's status before. Remember, Cain and Abel offered up sacrifices to God. When we stand in front of God in the Beit Dash, we stand as representatives of the whole world. The haviotim and harpochi v'simachtim beveit everyone, the whole world. There is this ray of hope at the end of this story that man will once again move away from being a super animal and, and become a human being. What we were created to be. I don't have so much time, but I so I'll just tell you, R- Rav Cook has has a hover which is called uh, a vision of vegetarianism and peace. Rav Cook was a vegetarian, but he didn't suggest that other people should be vegetarian, on the contrary. Um, just have, have a look at it a bit. Let's see how it connects. At the moment man stands at, at his present cultural status. it's only a vision of more extreme idealists. to go back to real human sensitivities which isn't to destroy and kill but to care and be merciful. Simad ain lechain to look after animals. To look after them, right? To care for them. The malleham ha the merciless Philosophies, The people have lost the intimacy and care that they have for the animal kingdom. They will never change the basic nature, the real true nature of a human being, which is to be a human being, which is to care for the world, for the animal kingdom. And I think that doesn't just include animals, ladies, I think it it includes the ecological state of the world. The human being is a human being's world to look after. That has never disappeared, Rav Kuk says. Even though it changed after the flood, it, it never disappeared. It's still there. It's still somewhere to go back to. And even though our reality today it's like a, a piece of coal which is slightly still alight under a whole load of extinguished coals. So it's just a slight piece of of the truth that is deeply buried under a world of sheker, it's impossible to deny that this is still there. It's a place to go back to. It would be a total lacking in the human race not to not to go back to this this caring for, for the world. Never to take the life of any animal, be up for your own benefit and your own and your own pleasures. There's this incredible Gemara, right, where, where Rebbe sees a lamb being taken to be slaughtered, and he says, "Don't make a noise. This is what you were created for." And then he became very sick. And he understood it was a punishment because he he showed no mercy for the animal that was being killed. Showed no mercy, no care. It's just an animal that has to be killed. Uh, I can't do the whole Ralph Cook with you here. Ralph Cook says that you can't, as as a global ethos, we can't take this on yet because the world's not ready for it. And if we do take it on, it's going to be... It's going to be a problem, people are going to have get their values mixed up and they won't value human life and they'll value animal life more than human life. The time is not ready yet, but, but there is a goal here, says says Rav Kaur, which is to go back to before the flood, to that role. Ladies, I, I've spoken so many times in the past uh, about this choice that we have and I believe even though we are still after the flood and we haven't reverted to before the flood and and maybe we had those moments well of Sahar Sinai, but we lost them with Chorban. The, the, I think every one of us is faced with this choice on a micro level every day of whether you want to be a, a super animal or a human being. I, th- I think that civilization made a choice in, that, that it's easier to be a super animal. It's easier to make airplanes and, and use atomic power and and iPhones and Internet than it is to be good to people. It's an interesting question which which I pose to you to think about. If I ask you is the world more technologically advanced than it was in the 13th century it's a no-brainer. We're not going to have a debate about it. It's clear. It's clear that the world is more technologically advanced. If I ask you a different question Is the world a better place? And we can debate that. We can talk about that. After a century where 70 million people were killed by man and the nuclear war was created. We can discuss that. But the fact that it's a debate is a shame. A shaming of man is as if we made this conscious or subconscious choice that we want to be top of the food chain but we don't want to be the world leader. Because that demands too much too much too much responsibility, too much selflessness. To care for other people demands selflessness. To eat the animal below you is selfishness. I'm hungry, I'm hungry. I need it not caring for the animal, caring for yourself. A, that, that, that superhuman ideology is, is an ideology of selfishness. And the ideology of ruling the animal world is, is a world of selflessness. To take care of everything, of everyone, to care, to care for people, and to look after people is, is something we should be aiming for. To be fair, I, I have to also talks about Rav Kook, I, I have to bring you a, a totally different opinion, which is the Hasidic opinion which the Bharatanya talks about. He doesn't agree with Rav Kook at all. He doesn't see as the world of vegetarianism to be uh, an idyllic world that we are aspiring towards. Even though it's well, the way we love the sokim seem to very much vindicate Rav Kook's there, right? Because it, it seems to be very clear that that man's responsibilities have been removed from him because he he failed. I don't think there's anything more upsetting than having responsibilities taken away from you because you haven't lived up to what you were meant to live up to. I I think that there is nothing more defining of a human being than taking responsibility. But, But first and foremost... Before we can take responsibility for the animal kingdom is to take responsibility for human beings. And most importantly, to take responsibility for our own lives. To take responsibility for our own lives, that that a person understands their status as a human being. And understands the responsibility that comes with that. And a lot of people, I don't know whether great grandparents or grandparents who, who survived the war, walked away with this incredible feeling of responsibility that, that they felt because they survived. And they didn't understand why they survived. Because there was no reason why a particular person should survive. It was, all survivors talk about the fact that they can never tell what they needed to do to survive, because the Germans would just kill people randomly. There's no rule that you could follow that, that, would, that would ensure that you survive. So many, many survivors lived with this sense of, of guilt, which was a huge burden of responsibility. I'm the only one left in my family, and therefore I have responsibility. But like everything in life, anything. Just because they felt it doesn't mean that it's not true for us. Sometimes things happen in life and they they accentuate, they, they emphasize a truth. But it doesn't matter, it doesn't mean that the truth wasn't there before. Right? Corona taught us that so we're not in control of the world. But we weren't in control of the world before Corona either. It just emphasized it for us. And, and even though it was emphasized for these people after their terrible, terrible traumas, it is it's no less true of us, that, that if we are defining idyllic man as being responsible for the world, then, then the key word that I, I want to settle on today is responsibility. Uh, and if the ideal was responsibility for the world, and then Ralph Cook says, but at the moment, let's just try and concentrate on responsibility for other human beings, right, to care about other human beings, to not drive very fast, to get there two minutes later and kill people because you're not driving properly and, and to, to not smoke in public areas where, where other people are there and make them sick just because you are to make yourself sick to care about other people but I want to go on a stage further uh, to care about yourself enough to take responsibility for, for that which is your life but because that which is your life there is nothing more more treasured and, and more important than that which is your life. And, and to, know, to know the, the treasure, I, I'm sure some of you have worked with um, people like Zikhwal menachem with can, kids who have cancer. And I'm sure you've come across this phenomenon, how appreciative they are of everything and of everyone, and how every minute is so treasured. And you take a step back and you think, well, why? Why is it so obvious to them? And why is what is obvious to them not obvious to me? And it's obvious to them because it's about to be taken away from them. And so they understand what it is. But that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be obvious to us. The responsibility. And the responsibility that we have, ladies, is... don't, Don't think. Please. You know, I... I would love to, you know, when girls, they, they, they say, oh, well, I'm only 18, I Don't be so heavy, take it easy, whatever, calm down a bit, let's just give it I love her. leave me alone. So I, I, I want to take girls to Haar Herzl. I want to take to Haar Whenever an 18-year-old girl tells me, I'm only 18, I'll take to Haar Herzl and show you the people who built this country, who are only 18. They were only 18. And they're all lying we're only 18. You're past childhood. Doesn't mean you can't enjoy life, it doesn't mean you you can't get pleasure from life, but it means that we are staring responsibility in the face. And before we discuss our responsibility for other human beings, for other animals, we have to discuss the responsibility we have. Not not because of our parents and not because of our rabbis. Because of ourselves, the responsibility that we have to ourselves to live our lives to the live full, to use every minute, to treasure every moment, to analyse everything that we do and take it, take it seriously. They of Rabbi I said, I've never heard him say it, but I, it's very shy that he would have said it. But he said once, if you want to do it, do it seriously. If you're not going to do it seriously, don't do it at all. He said that of playing basketball. So whatever you do as a human being, do it properly. Do it seriously. Take yourself seriously. Never should a, a person sit in a village with their legs up, relaxing. You've got to learn, sit and learn. And Whatever you're going to do, do it properly. Take yourself seriously. Take responsibility for your life. But our, word, well, our aim, ladies, is to get back to that incredible role of regal leadership that we had. But in the meantime, in the meantime, let us well, try and concentrate on the words "human being." Move away from super animal. We've already proven that we're the best of the animals. Not me personally, I've done nothing. I didn't create a phone or a car or anything. But, but we've already proven that we're cleverer than animals. Okay, eh, this Okay, but human beings, let's prove we're human beings, that we are a cat above that. That we're not just powerful and we can kill and hunt and eat, but that we were made in the image of God. We were always made in the image of God. and and move from that element of selfishness there's nothing like this year to transition from selfishness and selflessness there's nothing like living in a dormitory with loads of people that will test whether you're a selfish person who keeps people up at night or a selfless person who's aware that people can't sleep. There's nothing like you'll never live like this again even university won't live like this again this kind of intense togetherness and, and then, but ultimately, or primarily, perhaps not ultimately, but primarily, to to, to integrate that word of responsibility, in, to understand that, that it's our lives, it's our lives, and, and we are responsible for our lives. No one else can never point the finger at anyone else. In. If we make mistakes, we have to pay for them. Responsibility is. But, but that is our goal, that is our aim. So, this was uh, just a, a word about David. He was uh, a rabbi speaker, you've noticed, and um, very easy to speak. When I was a younger boy, whenever something bad happened, my mother always used to say, No, it's God's will, it's God's will. And as I grew older, a bit of cynicism kind of came into my mind. Into my mind. So, whatever my mum said, it's God's will. I, I, I kind of went right through my mind, it's easy for easy you to say, whatever. And then my mum got sick. And she's still sick. So, it's easy to preach. But, but David was, he, he got very sick. He was such a proactive I don't think people from LA would have known him. I, I, I don't think so. He was so proactive. A, a, a good person, and then he was sick, and he was talking paper, and he couldn't move his arms. And I sat with him, and we spoke around a lot for two hours, and he, he just learned more. And for me, that's, you know, a person's understanding of, um, of hes not lo- He lost the use of his body to all intents and purposes. But he never gave up on his soul. And um, so it should be an inoige matter thank you. Thank you. One second.